0: This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers.
1: Hey, it's Holden with VEason. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Monster show for you today. My four-day vacation watching March Madness. It was amazing. Recap some of the highlights there, but get into the national title odds and look at the Sweet Sixteen as well. Jamal Murray and the Nuggets. Big update. On Jamal Murray and the Nuggets are not playing well, and then of course we've got the Colorado Avalanche in action tonight. Tim Murray from Veasan, one of their college basketball analysts, joining me as well. So let's get into this March Madness. The updated title odds on Bet Rivers. It is still Gonzaga at plus two hundred, Kansas at plus four hundred. So Gonzaga, Kansas, then it goes Arizona. It was a really tough matchup against Houston this weekend. This Arizona-Houston game probably going to be the gem of the Sweet 16. Arizona plus 500, Houston plus 800, Purdue 900, 10 to 1 on Duke, Villanova 10 to 1 as well. <clears throat> you can go look at the rest of the field again on Bet Rivers. I could see eight teams winning it all. Winning it all. I, re- I wrote it read off most of those to you: Gonzaga, Kansas, Arizona, Houston, <clears throat> Purdue uh, Duke eh. Nova. Yes. Texas tech. Yes. Is there another team in there? Probably. But uh, seven or eight teams is what I'm looking at right now. Now there's something else that's fun on bet rivers right now. And it's a special, you got to roll all the way down. If you're looking at the futures under college basketball, you will see which state does the national champion come from. And this is kind of fun because you got two teams from Texas, you got two from North Carolina. Now, they're not offering Arizona, okay? Arizona's the only team in there. If you want to bet Arizona, just bet them to win the national championship at 5-1. to one. So Washington, the state of Washington, they got Gonzaga. Gonzaga, 200 to win the championship. Gonzaga, plus 200 as far as the state of Washington winning this thing. So not really big if you're Gonzaga or Arizona, but here's where it gets interesting. The state of Texas has Texas Tech and Houston in it. Texas Tech could definitely make a run. Houston has that monster game coming up this weekend. I mean, if Houston gets by, both of those teams could win the national championship. Plus 375, not a bad number. I'd rather take the plus 400 on Kansas, not just because I'm a grad, but plus you know, plus 400 as a, I'm getting two shots with Houston and Texas Tech, I still think Kansas is... Gives you a better shot of winning that one. And then North Carolina, Duke and UNC, plus 550. These are fun. If I had to bet one of them, I would take Texas and Texas Tech. So I'd go Texas plus 375. I think it's more of an exercise of just having a lot of fun with some of these bets as we go forward. But let me give you my thoughts from the first two rounds here on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. You know, it's it's not the Nuggets. It's not the Broncos. It's not the Avs. Everybody's talking about March Madness in the front range, though, so let's get into it. Uh, I think St. Peter's, the 15 seed, which took out Kentucky in overtime. I mean, you you talk about a shocker. That was amazing. I know so many people that had their whole bracket just busted on that game alone. A lot of people had Kentucky winning it all. Not me. Not me. Didn't even have them get into the Final Four, but huge upset nonetheless. Overtime in Indianapolis on Thursday night. You know, discussed it a little bit on Friday, but... Here's this little school in Jersey City, New Jersey, not a nice town, not a nice town at all. Kentucky's like, yeah, we're going go there, and blow these guys out, 85-79 in overtime. And then on Saturday, you had St. Peter's beating Murray State, which was nice because I got the money line on that one. St. Peter's is the third 15 seed in the history to make the Sweet 16, okay? Now, they've got Purdue. Purdue looked good. Purdue looked good yesterday. They got Purdue coming up. And Jersey City's not – I don't have the map in front of me, but it's not too far from Philadelphia. It's probably a short drive, a couple hours at the most. So maybe they'll have a home court advantage. I don't see them take out Purdue. I don't see that happening. But then again, how many people really had St. Peter's uh, beating Kentucky? I didn't. Actually, yeah, I had them against Murray State. I did not have them beating Kentucky like that. That was absolutely fascinating. Let's look at the lines here. On Bet Rivers, Purdue minus 12 and a half. St. Peter's plus 600 on the money line, 136.5 is the total. Going to be tough uh, for St. Peter's even cover here. Purdue's just so big. They're so good offensively. But guess what? St. Peter's wasn't supposed to win those last two games. So there you go. They're also a team that was 3-6 and six on New Year's Day. And they lost to a little school by the name of Ryder. And their attendance was 571 people. 571 people watched St. Peter's. Wow. That's not good. But it's great now because there's a lot. There's probably 571,000 uh, St. Peter's fans as opposed to 571 in that uh, place when they took on Ryder five weeks ago. Okay, let's go over yesterday. A couple of big things. Actually, let's go over the last couple of days because I want to talk about my betting process and what happened. So Arizona over TCU yesterday. And in this game, I only bet it live. I bet I got TCU at plus 10 and a half. TCU came all the way back, then I pounced on Arizona at plus money on the money line and I got lucky. Listen, both bets paid off there. The Cats 185-80, but at the end of regulation, this was our this was just horrible. Bad call. Uh TCU point guard Mike Miles. He's double teamed. He goes back toward half court and he just he got body checked. And he got pushed down and That at least would have given TCU a chance to win at regulation. But Arizona's Daylon Terry, if you'll remember, if you watch that game, right at the buzzer, he tried to dunk it. He was late. They went to overtime, tied at 75. Arizona ends up winning that game. I'm a little concerned here for the sole fact that, you know, Arizona, that might have been the game that they would have lost. And now they're just going to start rolling through everybody. They looked spectacular in that overtime. Uh, the other game that really stood out to me, really stood out to me. How about that UNC Baylor game on Saturday? Bears were down 25 points with 10 minutes to play. Actually, it was 10:08 to play. You had Manic getting ejected for the elbow to the face with 10:08 to play. Caleb Love fouled out, and North Carolina just had a meltdown—absolute meltdown. 93-86, though North Carolina comes back to win that game. Uh, here's the bets I had for that one. I got cream this weekend. I'll I'll be, yesterday was great. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no bueno. Um, Baylor in this game, I had their team total over 75 and a half. They got through that one, but I wanted to get a better number than the five and a half. So I said, all right, I'm going to go into this. I think they can win by a bucket. Let's see if we can get it at one and a half. I get it at one and a half. Then they just keep getting their butts kicked. I mean, they're just getting smoked. They're down by 15 or so. I hop on Baylor plus six and a half. So I'm like, oh, this is fine. They'll come back. Everything's great. And Baylor starts coming back. And they tie it up right before they go to overtime. And then I've got Baylor plus six and a half. I'm actually going to make money on this game because I got the team total. I'm not going to win the minus one and a half. But I'm definitely getting this plus six and a half. And what happens at the end of the game? A couple of fouls. Two free throws push it to seven, so I lose both those bets. At least I hit the team total, but that was a tough one. And that really helped me adjust my betting style here. Yesterday, uh, there's a couple other things that I did uh, learning from that Baylor game was just get in there and realize at the end of these games, a two-point game could easily be an eight-point game just because of free throws down the stretch. So if you're betting against a team that shoots very well on free throws – Watch out because that lead or that you have could either evaporate or that deficit could really turn big. So what I did, again, try to get them at six and a half. That didn't pay off. Yesterday, there was a couple of bets. Michigan State. Okay, here, let's talk about this one. I said, Michigan State, I want to get this at eight and a half. I want an extra two points. Uh, This could easily go from like a four-point lead to an eight-point lead like that. Well, guess what happened? I got lucky. I got the number nine and a half. I actually hit eight and a half. It said odds have changed. And then I got it at a nine and a half during a commercial break. This was a two-point game. And Duke goes down and just shoves how many free throws? And they end up winning the game by nine. I mean, what a horrible beat that would have been had the book not said, hold on, your, your odds changed. Whew, got lucky there. Uh, two favorite games. Let's move on to my two favorite games of the Sweet 16. Kansas minus seven and a half versus Providence. This thing opened at eight. I took Providence on the money line plus 290, but not because I think Providence is going to win. I'm sitting on that nine to one Kansas national champion ticket. And I think that this could be, this could be their toughest test. I'm not even kidding. Uh, Providence just, they shoot the three really well. They defend They're a tough team. Do I think Kansas wins? Yes. I'm going to hedge with Providence on the money line. Ultimately, I don't like Kansas minus seven and a half here. It's a game I'll bet live. And Houston and Arizona, Houston plus two on, um, on bet rivers. Are you kidding me? Like Houston should be a two seed. Arizona could easily be the number one overall seed. This is a toss up in my mind. And again, I think if I can get Arizona at plus maybe four or five points, I'll do that. Now that would mean Houston has to get off to a really big lead. And if Arizona gets off to a big lead and on the other side, I can get Houston seven, eight points, which is possible on both sides. That's how I'm going to attack these two games in all likelihood. My two favorite games in Sweet 16, just bet them live. All right, number two. Let's do number two on the front range four. We're going to go to Jamal Murray. Not good. Um, Here's what Michael Malone said yesterday. I don't have a definitive plan of what is next for Jamal. He's not close to playing in any of our games. So Malone said, "Will he, he was asked, will he play in any of the last 11 games? And he goes, that remains to be seen. Last week, I said, hey, he might be coming back this week. Not good. I thought after the G League assignment where he's going to practice, maybe he comes back and he looks good. I'm not feeling that way anymore. Uh, he was asked, Malone was asked, if there's a clear plan to get Murray back on the floor. And he goes, to be honest, no, not really. Yeah, that's not good He goes. he had two days in Grand Rapids. There's a chance he'd get back here for another or back there for another practice block. We'll see when it kind of approaches. I mean, how can we expect Jamal Murray to come back after hearing Michael Malone? And this was more, more information that he'd really ever given us because this to me, it makes me feel like Murray's not coming back. During this regular season, probably not the postseason either. I mean, we've got what, 11 games remaining during the regular season, 10 games left. There's 19 days left, 19 days left in the regular season. Doesn't look like Murray's coming back. Doesn't look like Porter's coming back either. And that's rough because now the Nuggets are tied with Minnesota in that sixth spot. One of those two teams, if they don't move, are going to be playing in the play-in game, which is absolutely mind-boggling that we're here with the Nuggets. They could be playing in the play-in game. There's no Jamal Murray on the horizon. Porter Jr. is probably not coming back as well. But that doesn't mean everything's over. There's still a shot for these guys. There's no question about that. Number three, right? How can we expect Murray to come back? We just, I, I, I can't. Now, these last 10 games, a lot on the line these last 10 games. Doesn't look like Murray's coming back. Doesn't look like Porter's coming back. I personally need six more wins to get over the 47 and a half. Little concerned now. It looked like it was going to be a layup. Oh, they're playing great basketball. It's going to be nothing. They'll get to 48. There'll probably be five games left. Uh-uh. It's a, it's a full-on sweat now. Um, that's, that's something. I need six more wins. Here's the other thing. Here's the thing about the Nuggets kind of falling down the standings. I personally believe this is going to affect Nikola Jokic's MVP case because I really do have a hard time thinking that a lot of the voters that are on the fence are going to vote for a guy that has to play in the play-in game. So to me, it's not just my over 47 and a half wins, Nuggets fans getting into the sixth spot so they don't have to watch the play-in game. I think Nikola Jokic's MVP case is on the line as well they're not voting for a play-in player, even if even if Nikola Jokic deserves it. And he does. They're not voting for somebody that has to go in the play-in game. I honestly do believe that. So here's what we got. <clears throat> lots of line. Lots on the line down the stretch. 42-30 and 30 for the Nuggets. They'd face the Clippers in the 7-8 matchup. Tomorrow night, guess who? The Nuggets host. The Clippers. I'll have a bet on that one. I'm excited about it. Oh, it's a nationally televised game, too, so you'll actually get to watch it if you haven't had access to the Nuggets all this time. Ten games left, six at home, Clippers, Suns, Thunder, Hornets, okay? Clippers, Suns, Thunder, Hornets. Let's just say, let's let's do worst-case scenario two and two there, right? Would that be a worst-case scenario two and two? All right, T-Wolves at home April 1st. It might be a must-win to stay out of the play-in. Lakers, Spurs should have a couple of wins there. Grizzlies. So half the opponents are under five hundred. Half the opponents are under five Six games at home. You got to win four of those six at home, two of the four on the road, and we'll be fine. We'll get over the number we need. Last night, it was ugly. Celtics cover the two and a half. The game went over 221 and a half. Celtics uh, center the Nuggets to their fourth loss in six games. Again, 124-104 in a blowout. And Michael Malone ripped the starters. He ripped them. And he took them out of the game in the third quarter. Here's what he had to say, because they were just getting their butts whooped by Boston. It wasn't even close. Malone said it's a game that was decided in the first half. It appeared to him that the starters, quote unquote, gave up and quit. And that's why he didn't want to reward that behavior by starting them in the second half. Wow. And then you've got Bones Highland complaining about the fans. I love the kid. He's right, but he's a rookie. I don't even understand how those Celtics fans are louder than our fans. That was unacceptable to me as well. Just to hear so many Boston fans be louder than our fans. I mean, the Celtics fans travel, they travel. And Bones, you got to give him a reason to cheer. Like, you're getting your butt kicked from the get-go. It's kind of tough to get in the ball game. I don't blame him. Last but not least, from this game, Grant Williams had a great game defensively. Shut down Jokic as much as you can shut down Jokic. He called himself Batman after he shut down uh, the Joker. So, good job. Good job, Grant Williams. Uh, Last but not least, the Avalanche. So, there are some ABS fans that are a little upset today, and, and, and I don't think they should be. Claude Giroux, just about every ABS fan, time and time again, Springer, come, Mark Springer comes on, our ABS Insider, please. Ian St. Clair, our Wednesday guest, please, please get me Claude Giroux. It didn't happen. Uh, he goes to the Panthers, who are the best team in the Eastern Conference, I and mean, we could see Claude Giroux in the Stanley Cup Finals. Hopefully, we do. Uh, but that was a gut punch for a lot of fans. But the team is still the clear favorite to win it all. So, I think... Take a step back. It's okay. You didn't get the guy. It's not the end of the year. The year's really just starting. We haven't even gotten to the playoffs yet. Here's the updated odds on Bet Rivers. Avs the favorite at plus 400. After the Giroux trade, Panthers still the second best, but they go up to plus 650, I believe 700. Flames seven and a half to one. Canes eight to one. Now tonight, interesting game. The Avs host the Oilers. So the puck line here, it's plus 120 for the ABS. What is the puck line? Some of you say that is when the favored team has to win by two or more goals. So you're getting plus money at plus 120. I mean, it's it happens. You know, you've got a one goal lead, empty netter at the end of the game. So if you take the puck line on the dog, like the Oilers, and the AVs are up by one, and they get a they get an empty net goal, then all of a sudden you lose that puck line on the Edmonton side, but you win on the ABS side. Uh, money line, minus 210. Don't 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 bet minus 210 constantly. Don't do it. And then six and a half is the total. Ooh, that's interesting to me. We got two of the best players in the league. Uh, more than two of the best. I mean, McKinnon and McDavid are going to get the uh, the headlines here. But uh, Leon Dreisel, you've got Kale McCarr. I mean, Miko Rant. There's so many stars in this game. Abs have the most wins, most points in the league. 93 points. That's through 62 games. They got 20 games left. They have rebounded to win three in a row after losing that four of five. Connor McDavid, yeah, his Oilers have scored 5.4 goals per game over the last five tonight. Uh, I think Darcy Kemper in there. It's either Kemper or Fran I don't think it matters. You're like, what? I don't don't think it matters. You know, the Oilers have almost 3.4 goals per game. That's the seventh highest in the league. We know that the Avalanche offense can just explode. And the Oilers are riding a five-game win streak. They're back in the third spot in the Pacific Division. A lot on the line here, really, for both teams as the Avs continue to get that uh, President's Cup trophy. But the play here tonight with two really explosive offenses, over 6.5 minus 113 on Bet Rivers. Over 6.5 minus 113. That's the play on BetRivers. Rivers. Now, still to come. I'm going to talk with Tim Murray from VEASAN, the Mothership, college basketball analyst, get his thoughts on what he liked this weekend, get his thoughts on the upcoming Sweet 16 games. Plus, uh, I got an interesting story. I don't know how interesting it is to you. It is to me. John Clayton, uh, just one of the first NFL reporter celebrities because ESPN threw him out there with Chris Mortensen. It It was John Clayton. It was Sean Salisbury. Clayton, I actually worked for the man when I was just coming up in the business. And I want to tell that story at the end of the show. So Tim Murray next. A John Clayton segment to wrap things up. And that is next right here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bett Rivers. Busted bracket got you down. Bett Rivers has a pick-me-up for Tuesday night's games. Not only can you bet an NBA profit boost for a live in-game bet, BetRivers also offers a special bet and get. When you place a wager of $25 or more on Atlanta against New York, you get a $10 free bet on Denver against the L.A. Clippers. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your Tuesday night basketball bets with BetRivers. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver CityCast, presented by Bett Rivers. Happy to be joined by Tim Murray, hoops analyst, college hoops analyst, live show host with the mothership Veasan. Tim, hello. How was the weekend, buddy? I I didn't leave my place for four days, and I don't even—I'm not even kidding. Um, I had my girlfriend throw the trash out. So.
0: Yeah, I—I I, I mean, I—I I had to. I had some dad duty. Uh, my wife uh, went out of went out of town, so I was trying to be a semi-good dad uh, while watching tons of college basketball uh did have a situation where i got yelled at at the sports book for bringing my child in uh which was uh, just like one of the proudest moments of my life you know getting kicked out of a sports book because i had a four-year-old with me so uh, what yeah that was fun uh but uh other than that no it was it was a good weekend uh, you know, um, as as we are one to do, I wrote up three, uh, six games, uh, first round and second round for the for the website and went three and three. So you know, all all this, you know, research and time, and, and at the end of the day, we you know we broke even, but uh, had a couple fun, you know, first to fifteen, you know, those those are those bets, Holden, are tons of fun, and you see them at the sports book, people just losing their minds over these first to 15 bets because you take the dog and you hope you get some good shooting early on. And uh, I took uh, Miami and Michigan state yesterday, both of those cashed at like plus like one sixty or so. So those were nice, Mm -hmm. a little fun, fun way to start. Uh, There's no real analysis to those, but you know, if you, you take a hot shooting team um, and uh, maybe a team that you think could slow, start slow uh, you know, those, those are kind of fun to roll with. So, you know, all in all uh, you know, Really fun weekend. Obviously, you could have your gripes about refereeing, and and uh, you know, I mean, I was on Texas late last night, and uh, my goodness, I mean, forty five. I mean, look, the 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 free throw discrepancy was was disgusting. It was like forty six to twelve. However, you can't go ten minutes in a basketball game without scoring a bucket. Uh, you're gonna lose those games ninety nine percent of the time, and that's unfortunate what happens.
1: Um. Try having Baylor plus six and then losing an overtime by two field, uh, free throws at the end. And you,
0: I mean, think about that, too. I mean, they've got they – UNC has no depth. Uh, that You know, Manic gets kicked out. You're, you're making this magical comeback. And, I, you know, on my show all the time, I say it. And uh, it's, you know, overtimes where dogs go to die. I can't tell you yeah. how many times where I've had a dog, we go to overtime, and you're completely screwed. I thought that was another situation brewing there. Uh, But somehow, you know, R.J. Davis was just out of his mind uh, for UNC. And we got good UNC. That's what's so maddening with this UNC team. I don't know who they are because they lose to Pittsburgh at home and then they murder Duke on Coach Case' final game at Cameron and and beat Baylor.
1: Yes. All right. So a lot to digest there, Tim. Um, I have a four-year-old also. I would absolutely bring him into a sports book. If it was a non-smoking one.
0: All I was trying to do, I was in a contest. I wasn't even betting. I didn't even have a, I didn't have a dollar on me. I just needed to, in, to give in my contest pick, and they were not having it. Fortunately, uh, you know, a, a gentleman there, I was like, can you just hand this in for me? And he was nice enough to do it. So we, we, fig- we got it home. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was a proud moment
1: don't let anybody tell you that's bad parenting. Cause I would do the same thing and I'm a great parent too. So I thought it was terrific. <laughs> it was a good idea to get him going younger. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, again, as a guy with a four-year-old, my kid walked up to there's these vending machines with the scratch off lotto tickets. And he's like, dad, I want this one. It was 20 bucks. I got him a $1 one. Sure. And a lady goes, well, you, you know, you're too young to get him into betting. I said, you know, that's, you know, we're just bringing them up in the family business here. It'll be good. <laughs> Um, start him, so, start him anyways, young. besides, yeah, stardom young, besides for my gut-wrenching loss with Baylor, um, things have been going good. Yeah. Now, you do live betting show. I've been doing live betting shows for a while, mm-hmm. and I want to get some takes on your strategy with that. For me, it's, it's pretty simple in basketball. I don't like making pregame bets, but I do just for the show. Yeah. So... Well, it's, it's almost, I'm going into a game, so let's do Gonzaga. You know, I'm going to a game. If I can get Gonzaga getting blown out, I'm going to take him on the money line. That happened. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. It's a pretty simple strategy. I think the biggest thing is, though, go into a game with a game plan. Make sure you have a number and stay strict with that. What kind of advice can you give live
0: betters? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a good one. I mean, I, the biggest thing, and it seems simple, um, but it's not always true. If you're gonna live bet the game, you gotta be watching the game. I mean, you can't just like look at the box score and be like, oh, Gonzaga's down twenty. Well, why are they down twenty? You know? Look at Auburn last night. Walker Kessler got in foul trouble like three minutes in. That was a big issue. Uh he's a game changer down low. And you know, I would you know, that might have been an opportunity actually to probably get Miami, who ended up winning by double figures, at a good price. So please, for the love of God. In my opinion, watch the games. If you're going to live bet, it's and to your point, it's a great strategy, especially in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know the middling opportunities. Teams don't give up because uh, it's the last game. So yeah, I think there are really you know nice opportunities. You mentioned Gonzaga. Um, I'll be honest that halftime. I can't remember. I could probably look it up. Uh, I can't remember what they what the halftime line was for the second half, but I didn't know. I knew Gonzaga would give a punch, but man, I didn't think they'd come back and win that game. I just felt like it was it was brewing like Baylor last year, and uh, I give Drew Timmy and uh, a ton of credit. I mean, my he played in you know God mode in that second. <laughs> he was a cheat code. So um, yeah, I mean, watch the game, and if you know you get these dogs out to good starts, that's where it's uh, it's usually a fun time to fire. And now, obviously, hitting you know where we are. Um, you know, there, there's some chance for regression, but yeah, the biggest thing too, secondly, is know what, you know, know the strengths of teams. If they're a good shooting team and they're, you know, one for 10, probably not always, but probably they're going to start hitting some shots because that's in their DNA. If they're a poor shooting team and they're, you know, making shots out of their skull. Well, there's going to be regression. So there's, you know, fade the hot shooting team. You know you know bet on the cold shooting team those are kind of ways to to look at it too I mean look at the the runs we've had in these games you know think it off the top of my head you know Creighton was down God what were they down nine to San Diego State at the end of the game they come back they win that game uh San Francisco ended the regulation on an eight oh run uh you're just seeing crazy runs from teams that's just there's you know they're they're not gonna pack it in because the season is is over if they lose.
1: Yeah, it's Arizona last night was the one that that really got me going. Here's another terrific team down, yep. big. And I really – I was saying this. If they come back here, that's the team that might win the national championship. This might be the best shot of them going down, which pisses me off because I'm a Kansas grad. But let's talk about our first game here that I want to talk about Thursday night. Then I want to get your favorite game, but Houston-Arizona. I mean, yeah. this, this should be a two-seed against a one-seed. I think right now, if you reseed everything, Arizona – even with falling behind, would be my number one overall seed. Houston plus two on Bet Rivers, 145.5 the total. Uh, What are your chances here of Houston taking this on the money line plus 112? Because they are a really, really disrespected team.
0: Yeah, I like the dog here. Um, And Kelvin Sampson, I tweeted it out uh, after they, you you know, manhandled Illinois. I mean, he's a wizard. I mean, to think that their best player, Holden, is out. He was lost in December. Marcus Sasser, gone for the year. Yeah. 17.7 points per game, gone. Not coming back. Uh, Traymond Mark, 10, 10 points a game, gone. Lost for the year. And here they are again. And, you know, I I I took the points with UAB uh, in the opening round. I thought, you know, we, maybe we get a hot, you know, guard situation. Jelly Walker, you know, we saw Teddy mm-hmm. Allen with New Mexico State. We saw uh, Bouye from San Francisco. I was expecting a similar type of performance. And to Houston's credit, um, you know, they bottled him up. He was like oh for his first 10 from three, uh, a guy that is uh, over 40% from three. So I look at Arizona and I look at the TCU game. I mean, TCU got after the offensive glass. They ended up in that game with 20 offensive rebounds. And that's what Houston does well. Houston is one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. So I think this is just another – this is a tricky spot for Arizona. Um, You know, Kirk Carissa, I was a little surprised. Tommy Lloyd trying to force that as much as he did, uh, playing him as much as he did, coming off that ankle injury. Um, But, yeah, I I think there's absolutely a a live dog here in Houston. Um, And I think that the odds are showing you that, right? I mean, I think most people – Holden would look at one verse five and say, okay, Arizona is going to be a six, seven, eight point favorite. No, this is, this is one or two because of, to your point, Houston is a bit, was a bit disrespected by their seeding and, and who they didn't, you know, beat this year. Uh, and, you know, the advanced markets, the Bart Torvics, the Ken Palms, the Nets, they love Houston. They absolutely love them. They think they're a top five team and uh, they're showing that right now. So, um, yeah, I, I like Houston. I haven't officially made a bet on it yet. I might wait a little bit. I think this is going to be a situation where the public's going to load up on Arizona, and uh, I'll be happy to uh, take some points with the Cougars.
1: Good. Let's get them at two and a half, maybe 120, and, yeah, and I'll be happy with that. That is a wait. That is a wait. What's your favorite game coming up in the Sweet 16, if it's not Houston, Arizona?
0: Uh, there's there's a couple, and, 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 Holden, I am not a big lay the chalk fan. I really don't like doing it. Uh, I okay. love dogs. However... I think St. Peter's is in a world of hurt coming up on uh, Friday night. Uh, Purdue likes to manhandle inferior teams. Look at the first round. I laid the 16 with Yale. Uh, when you have a 7'4 dude and, and Zach Eady and a 6'10", 270-pound machine down low and Travion Williams, ha- teams from the MAC aren't built to stop that. I love this run. Mm-hmm. St. Peter's is also shooting out of their minds. Uh, if you look at um, uh, the uh, shotquality.com, uh, which is always a, a fun, you know, tool. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's gospel; it's just a, a tool out there, out there. Uh, but they should have won the Kentucky game based off the shot quality, two percent of the time. Uh, but they won, uh, and uh, they won again. They, they're riding hot. They're not really a good shooting team, but they're shooting well right now. Uh, They have a big down low, but they could get them in foul trouble. Oscar Toshibue, in the loss, hit 30 points and 16 rebounds. So, you know, Purdue, as you saw against Texas, can really take advantage and get you in foul trouble. I mean, Bishop and Allen and, you know, everybody for Texas was in foul trouble uh, immediately. I mean, they were in the double bonus holding the second half, like 11 minutes to go. It was insane. So... If Matt Painter's smart, he's just going to get the ball inside to his bigs and tell them to go to work. So I do like Purdue laying the 12 and a half. And I, I like Duke. Or sorry, no, sorry. I like Texas Tech, I beg your pardon. I, I do oh, like dude. Texas Tech. Okay. Um, I, I think this is a tricky matchup for, for the Blue Devils. You know, Blue Devils are a poor defending team. And I don't think they've – they haven't faced a team uh, of, of this type of defensive intensity yet. Uh, in the year Texas Tech number one defensive team in the country and I love 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 how they how Texas Tech beat Notre Dame because it was ugly and the public's gonna see that and they're gonna see this they're gonna see Duke being a favorite and or underdog and say what there are two seed Texas Tech's a th- three seed they're you know they're Duke they've got you know Paolo Boncaro and you know all of these lottery picks and who does Texas Tech have yeah Slop it up, baby. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. keep it going. Uh, I think this is going to be your typical public versus, you know, sharp type of bet. Uh, and uh, I'm going to roll with the Red Raiders here. The Red Raiders are going to be the uh, the team that ends Coach K's career. I thought that Duke would be
1: favored here, and mm-hmm. it's not. It's Texas Tech. So this is another line to me that I'm going to sit and wait on. Probably bet alive anyways. But you're talking about public money. How is Duke not a favorite by the time this is all said and done?
0: Yeah, and, and because it's such a highly, you know, bet time of year, uh, you know, we always talk about how public money doesn't move lines except, like, the Super Bowl. Uh, the public money is going to be huge. And, you know, this is the late game on Thursday. Um, you know, this is going to be the, the most bet game of the weekend – or, sorry, of the you know, Sweet 16, mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt. Maybe UCLA UNC has has a pretty good handle because that's the biggest game on Friday. But yeah, I think the the public's just going to load up on Duke. So I'll happily sit back there if we want to move this line. Cool. If you want to get me a a cheaper money line, wonderful. Uh, I think Texas Tech wins this game. I, I really like this Texas Tech team, um, and uh, I, I think they're going to really you know figure things out with uh, with Duke.
1: Tim, great spot. How do they get in touch with you, and how do the uh, the listeners check out your show?
0: Yeah, every uh, every weekday night on Vsin, ten to one a.m. Eastern. Myself, former Buccaneer quarterback Sean King. Uh, we we chop it up, have some fun, and uh, Twitter, like all all of us, holding, is where you can find me at one Tim Murray is where you can find me on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll have some fun heading into the Sweet Sixteen.
1: Fifteen-year-old niece told me Twitter's for old people, so welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the club. You're old with a four year old trying to get into a sports book. I love it. Tim, I'm all about it, man. Thanks for the time. I'm going to wrap up the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers with a, a thought or two about John Clayton, somebody that took me under his wing when I worked with him. Uh, that's next on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Busted bracket got you down. Bet Rivers has a pick me up for Tuesday night's games. Not only can you bet an NBA profit boost for a live in game bet, BetRivers also offers a special bet and get. When you place a wager of $25 or more on Atlanta against New York, you get a $10 free bet on Denver against the L.A. Clippers. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your Tuesday night basketball bets with BetRivers. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, thanks to Tim Murray for hopping on, uh, talking some college hoops with me. want to wrap things up here with uh, John Clayton's story. But first, there's a little news that came in uh, just as I was about to tape this segment here. Al Michaels is not retiring from the play-by-play booth. Um, it looks to me like Mike Tirico is just going to take over for him at NBC, but check this out. Al Michaels in agreement with Amazon Prime Video. When it has Thursday night football, he's going to be the play-by-play guy with Kirk Herbstreet. Very, very interesting. These musical chairs here. Yeah, had Joe Buck signing a five-year, $75 million deal with ESPN to go with Troy Aikman. So the number one Fox team is now at ESPN. Again, ESPN has baseball. Doesn't Joe Buck have to do baseball? I mean, he's he's the voice of baseball. He really is. He has been for a couple of decades now. But anyways... That's what you got over there on Monday Night Football. Um, Mike Tirico is going to be in for Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football. Okay? Now, Michaels actually was trying to get either a job at ESPN or Fox, but that fell through, so he ended up going with Amazon. This is fascinating stuff. And, you know, in the old days, maybe this wouldn't have been big news, but so many people – you know, you get attached to these voices, these faces, these calls. Actually, I think this has happened for a long time. The, the The play-by-play voices really have been integral parts of the game. And everybody loves to rip them. You know, Joe Buck is the worst ever. Troy Aikman's biased. All all the same BS tropes that are coming out here. But interesting. Very, very interesting. So we'll have Michaels on Thursday Night Football with Herb Street. who I'm not... I think he's a great analyst, just not for the NFL. He's not an NFL guy to me. I want an NFL guy. Um, then you got, you got Buck and Aikman, and then CBS will stay the same with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Cool. A lot of good stuff going on here. Um, and Mike Tirico. Again, Mike Tirico going to the booth for NBC with Chris Collinsworth. Awesome. Here we go uh final final thoughts here a buddy of mine john clayton he passed away at 67 years old unexpectedly he really was one of the first celebrity nfl reporters again i go back in time it was mort mortensen Schefter burst onto the scene but when Schefter was a young guy and mortensen was in his prime john clayton back in the 90s started coming up as a real stud Um, and my first sports radio job was in Seattle. It was a station that's still there. It's, it's a great station. KJR covered the Sonics for them, the Seahawks, the Mariners, everything that was up there, University of Washington. I was there for about a year and a half and, um, John Clayton. I would work Saturday mornings. And John Clayton had a two or three hour show on those Saturday mornings. Now I want to take this back because this is 25 years ago. This is like 19, well, maybe 1998, 99. So almost 25 years ago. And John's in there and I'm like, oh my God, there's John Clayton. That's so cool. I'm going to be doing updates for this guy. I don't even know if stations do updates anymore where you just sit there and you read what's going on in the sports news. 25 years ago was an important job being a uh, update guy and a reporter paid like crap paid like crap. I made $17,500 a year. Think about how badly I wanted to do that when you're making that little money. But John Clayton's in there and I go up. I remember this. I say, hi, John Holden cushion. Great to have you. And I don't remember the exact insult he gave me, but he completely busted my balls. And like from then on, I knew that I was in because he's the type of, and, and he's just a nice, he is. He's a nice man. He's a tireless worker, but boy, could he bust balls. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he got on me and I loved it. And to this day, and I apologize to any of my interns and people that work with me, I'm kind of a ball buster. And John Clayton actually had a lot to do with that. He taught me a lot. He taught me what to listen for in a press conference. God, he just, and he, he taught me how to handle other people. Well, will miss him. He's a wonderful person. John Clayton, rest in peace. Okay, I'll be back on Wednesday. We'll talk a lot about the Sweet 16. I mean, a ton about the Sweet 16. Uh, get some more Broncos coverage in there. A lot of Broncos talk, Avs, Nuggets, just like we've been doing as well. Thanks to Tim Murray for hopping on with me. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime when it comes to sports betting. Hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio. Thank you very much for checking it out. Thanks to Steven, our producer. And uh, this has been the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.